I don't have an intro. Hold on a second. Let me think of an intro. Shit. What is this podcast? Were we a Steven Universe watching the podcast? I guess. I, guess. I mean, mm, I mean, it's we not are, a rewatch a, a podcast. Very act, yeah, because you've never watched it before. We are definitely watching the show. Yeah. But it's not like a first time watching, uh, not like a reaction pod, you know, because I've seen the show multiple times. So. I feel like I have for Steven Universe the same nostalgia other people have for like, oh, well, we'll talk about it. We probably, I, we should probably start the show so we can talk yeah. about things. Gotta, gotta, gotta do it for the content. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast. We'll eventually figure out what the fuck this show is. Um, we are going to watch the series of Steven Universe and talk about it. This seems less exciting when I say it out loud. I mean, I don't I know. know. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I, I mean, I am also excited because I love this show so fucking much. Uh, I am your host. Uh, Brian, you can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. I use he, him pronouns. Um, and uh, yeah, at RoomwarePod, hit me up on Twitter. You can also find this podcast on Twitter if you want to. I don't know what it's doing yet because I literally just made it like a couple of weeks ago and just added an image to it today. So I don't know what the fuck this podcast is going to do on the internet, but you can follow it at GaySpacePod uh, with me. Uh, as always, is my co-host, August. Hey, I'm August. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, and I use they, them pronouns. Uh, I th- So so if we seem awkward, it's because I don't think August or I have done a non-actual play podcast, yeah, period. <laughs> ever. So we've just uh we're wandering well outside of our 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 uh, our, our lane today. Um and hopefully for a long time cuz it's a lot of this fucking show. So um so yeah, the the basic idea here is that I, Brian, have seen Steven Universe multiple times. I started watching it uh during the f- season 1 uh kind of close to the end of season 1 as season 2 was starting to premiere. So I've been watching this show for a long fucking time uh because it took a long fucking time for five seasons of a television show to come out let me fucking tell you um and august you haven't ever watched the series i've seen i've seen a couple of episodes and i have absorbed a bunch of spoilers because i am terminally online right you're gay and on the internet yeah so (laughs) Yeah, pretty um, much. If if it wasn't obvious from uh, also from the the title of this fucking show, like August and I are 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 like hella queers, uh, we're we're, we're very gay and we're very online. Um, 
I feel like that's an accurate description of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so basically like I've been wanting to, to rewatch this show, uh, for a long time. And I mean, I have rewatched the show. Nothing stops me from rewatching media. I just do it. Uh, cause I have insomnia and a lot of time to kill. Uh, but I've been wanting to do kind of like this format of a show for a while talking about Steven universe. Cause I really like it. Um, and now it's finally a done thing in theory. Um, all five seasons of regular show have come out. Uh, the movie has come out and Steven universe future has wrapped. Uh, and I've processed my emotions since March about the show wrapping. Um, and we'll get there in a long time. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> Steven universe future eventually. Uh, the way we're going to be doing the show is, uh, we're right now. The plan is to watch three episodes a week, every other week, um, it, it till we're out of episodes, uh, we may change that formatting. Cause if you're a fan of Steven universe, uh, you will know that like eventually they go to a different release format called bombs that just fuck everything up. Uh, and so I don't know what we're going to do when we get there. Uh, we'll figure it out. We've got some time that doesn't start till like in season two. So I, I feel we, we'll like get through season one. I feel like the Steven Bomb uh, format was Cartoon Network low-key trying to kill it. Just because it was, it was, it was so unpredictable. They, you know, it's the same fucking shit that Nickelodeon did with Avatar The Last Airbender, too. That's fair, but I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, if Cartoon Network wanted to kill it, why would they go through they, – they did so much promoting it though. They they did that uh, – they did a partnership with Dove about like an anti-bullying campaign. There were all of the comic books. There was all of – like it was a merchandising cash cow once they figured out how to merchandise it. And according to Rebecca Sugar, like the bomb format is something that they enjoy – they enjoyed being able to like release like chunks of the story at a time that were heavily – like heavily serialized like that. Okay. Um, I'll when we get to the bombs, maybe I'll do some research and we'll pull it up, and I'll get some like actual quotes on Rebecca Sugar about it. Uh, I didn't do any research on that today because I didn't think about talking about it. <laughs> but it's it's very weird. It was very weird. And as like a, a fan who went through the Stephen bombs, it's just like the like the the Reddit was hilarious at the time because it would be like days since the the hiatus <laughs> has begun. And no one just no one knew when shit was going to happen It's like, is the show canceled? Are we going to get the rest of the season? When are we going to get the rest of the season? And there was like like an eighth month, eight month period between. I think I think that's the longest run of one of the the, the hiatuses was like not like between seasons, like in the middle of a season. There was just an eight month break in the show. Um. So yeah, that that's Steven Universe. Uh, let's talk about Steven Universe a little bit. Wikipedia says uh, Steven Universe is an American animated television series created by Rebecca Sugar for Cartoon Network. Uh, it's uh, it apparently is Cartoon Network's first animated series to be created solely by a woman. Uh, it wasn't um, Rebecca Sugar uh, cut her teeth in animation, uh, kind of in the Pendleton Ward camp uh, over at Cartoon Network. Uh, she worked heavily on. She worked heavily on uh, Adventure Time. Uh, I've been meaning to go in and kind of see, like, 
I knew Rebecca she was Sugar's. a fucking homestuck. Yeah. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, Pendleton did, Ward Okay, I don't a, know this. We're Pendleton getting, Ward is a fucking should, homestuck. You can tell. All right, hold on. Should I go get tinfoil? <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it, you're like, I knew it. <laughs> I have very mixed feelings about the homestuck fandom and my previous involvement with the homestuck fandom, but sometimes it's just like you you look at somebody else's body of work and it's like, you did your time in the MS Paint Adventure Mines, didn't you? <laughs> and just her association. I didn't realize she she had done uh, work on Adventure Time, but like her association with Pendleton Ward uh, combined with uh, some of the uh, choices aesthetically that were made in Steven Universe lead me to believe that she was definitely a homestuck. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll, I need you to, so I don't know fuck or all about Homestuck. Somehow that whole shit missed me, uh, which is weird because like August and I are about the same age. Uh, so we should have experienced the internet at roughly the same time. And I, I don't know fuck or all about Homestuck and I don't know how I missed it. It, uh, it was for some reason, even though like so much of, especially the front parts of it, were very much aimed at people kind of with, uh, at the very least, my experiences with video games and things like that. Uh, it ended up attracting an incredibly young audience. Uh, and I bounced off of it twice before I actually managed to to really get into it. So it's like, it's not, it's not terribly even- surprising. Mm-hmm. It's just weird because I didn't even bounce off of it. I just, uh, I just uh, didn't did, didn't even interact with it. I didn't like I knew it existed vaguely. It's super weird, but yeah, yeah. Rebecca Sugar uh, paid a, like did a lot of time on Adventure Time. Uh, I know that she, I know that she had an influence on on things there, and I need to dive deeper into that. And so maybe we'll talk about it at some point because uh, Adventure Time. Especially as we go through these episodes, Adventure Time is really weird that, like, Adventure Time into a, I feel like, to a higher but also lesser extent, the misadventures of Flapjack are, like, the misadventures of Flapjack might be the most important cartoon to come out in the last decade, Uh, (laughs) which is a weird sentence to come out of my human mouth. As opposed Um, to your alien mouth or your raccoon mouth. Listen, my raccoon mouth would chitter away about misadventures <laughs> of Flapjack. But yeah, anyways, so Steven Universe um, is a young boy who lives with the Crystal Gems, magical humanoid aliens, Garnet, uh, voiced by Estelle, Amethyst, voiced by uh, Michaela, I believe it's Michaela Diaz. Um, oh no, Michaela Dietz, my bad, sorry, I can't read. And Pearl, uh, voiced by Didi Mongo Hall. Uh, Magno Hall. Sorry, geez, I cannot fucking talk today. Uh, in the fictional town of Beach City, uh, Stephen, who is half Jim, has adventures with his friends and helps the the gems protect the world uh, from spoiler right there in the fucking synopsis of the the show right there, huh? To Stephen pr- Universe to protect Wiki. the world from devastation and unite all people within our nation. Yeah, basically. Um, its pilot was first shown, uh, May 21st, 2013. We're not going to watch the pilot. I don't find it interesting. <laughs> um, you watched it though, right? August? Yeah, I, 
back when I still had fucking cable, I actually watched it on TV um, well before the show actually got picked up. So it is it's it's very interesting. Um, like the pilot definitely has like you can see all of the DNA that will eventually become the show, but uh, it makes such rad like it's such a radical left turn from the show. It doesn't. I don't feel like it does a whole lot of informing, um, of the of the overall concept. Um, let's see. Uh, so it debuted on May twenty first, and the series premiere was uh November. 2013 or that same year which is pretty wild uh the show runs for five seasons uh the fifth season concluded last year january 2019 uh there was a made for tv movie steven universe the movie uh that was in september 2019 and then there was an epilogue series that just wrapped up this year steven universe future uh so yeah um i guess let's that's pretty much the 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 basics of the show um, apparently, uh, talking about like themes, so major themes for the show are like, uh, love and family and the importance of interpersonal relationships. A fun fact about the show, uh, is the character of Steven is based on Rebecca Sugar's like actual little brother, Steven, um, who is apparently an artist on the show, which I feel is real weird. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, and Steven is voiced by Zach Callison. Sorry, I forgot to do uh, Steven's voice actor. Um, so yeah, I guess let's get the fuck into this. So episode one, Jim Glow, uh, the official synopsis of the show, uh, is Steven thinks his favorite ice cream sandwiches, uh, are the trick to summoning his magic shield, but he learns otherwise when facing off against an acid-spewing insect monster. Um... Basically, the show starts out, uh, Steven is at the Big Donut, uh, we meet Sadie and Lars, my two favorite side characters, especially Sadie, I love her so much, uh, she goes through a fucking journey, man, um, he is real sad because the, they have discontinued his favorite ice cream sandwich, Cookie Cat, um, Sadie and Lars are basically, like, you could have a show, if you were, like, Sadie and Lars were background characters in some cat seven- kevin smith fucking movie you'd be like yeah yeah that um, tracks <laughs> um the so steven uh despondent about uh the lack of cookie cat goes home uh where he finds weird gym centipedes uh centipedals that's it i can remember centipedal um attacking the house uh the we're introduced <clears throat> to the gyms uh, they kind of fight off these little ones, but then realize that, uh, they don't have, like, they're poofing into nothing, so that must mean that there's a mother around. Uh, Steven then discovers that the gyms have stockpiled cookie cats for him, because they heard that they were going, uh, they were being discontinued. Uh, Steven eats them, eats one, sings the cookie cat song, which is good (laughs) um it's adorable it is uh his gym begins to glow uh he kind of has a little bit of a panic attack because he can't figure out how to summon his weapon uh he didn't ask the gyms about summoning his weapon pearl uh tells him that he must uh i wrote down here 
in, in regards to this scene, uh, basically Pearl is a fucking weeboo. Uh, my quote for Pearl here is, while you were busy being heterosexual, I studied the blade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is basically Pearl's character. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's like, you got to train real hard. And then Amethyst is like, fuck training. Eat donuts. <laughs> Live free. Kill your gods. Um, and then Garnet's like, uh, it just fucking happens, dog. Like, chill. Um, Steven kind of has a freak out about it. He tries to recreate the situation uh, to summon his gem. It doesn't really work. Uh, but then when he kind of like chills out. He does summon his weapon. Uh, it's not really a weapon. It's a shield. Uh, it's his mom's shield. Uh, we'll eventually come to find out. Um, uh, he has this very like magical girl transformation se- se- sequence when he does so. Uh, then the big mama centipedal attacks. Uh, the gems are like, stay inside, Steven. He does not stay inside. He grabs the cookie cat refrigerator, a bunch of extension cords, and shoves cookie cats in there because he realizes that ice cream is the key to summoning his powers. Uh, the centipedal is winning the fight, but Steven throws a rock at it, um, tries to summon his shield, fails to, uh, gets a little overrun by the centipedal. Uh, the centipedal destroys uh, the destroys the refrigerator. Uh, Steven uses the wreckage of the said refrigerator to uh, attack the centipedal, and then we we give uh, the cookie cat a Viking funeral. The end. Uh, so I feel like so I I kind of have I we both have notes so it, bear with us everybody as we kind of go through this. We don't really know how to do this show. <laughs> It doesn't involve dice or pretending to be other people. Yeah, so we have to be ourselves and also our thoughts. So this is this is going to be a hard one for us. Um, one thing I really like about this episode is just, like, how quickly you get a vibe. Like, one thing about Steven Universe that I really enjoy is, like, it is a character-driven show, and it lets you know that from, like, the jump. Like, you know exactly who everyone's character is the second they hit the fucking screen. Like, even Sadie and Lars, you're like, oh, I know them. I get these people. Um, and, uh, I just really like how, like, quickly we establish characters. Uh, and also, Steven, there were a lot of complaints about season one Steven being, like, incredibly annoying, which is true sometimes, uh, but having lately, uh, interacted with an 11, 11 to 12 year old, which is about how old Steven is, uh, yeah, here. He's a, he's a fucking kid, like. And he feels like a fucking kid, too. Like, yeah. it, he, like, he doesn't feel like, um, he doesn't have, like, the early Harry Potter novel, uh, vibe of, like, this kid is too smart, is basically a tiny adult, like, he feels like a kid. He's not, like, a dumb kid, or he's not, like, an immature kid. He seems like a fairly... He's he's a little hyperactive, but, like, he's not, uh... He's a, like, he's a fairly well-adjusted, normal child. Yeah, and it's real weird. Like, it's good. I, I like how uh, nice he is, you know? Um, I like how people are nice to Steven, like... Like the, the 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 thing I like about Steven Universe is that like there aren't dumb adults or the adults aren't mean, um, or the older people aren't mean. Like Sadie, in the like Lars is mean, but that's just Lars's character. Lars is the mean boy. Like he's look, he's got little, he's got gauges. Of course he's mean, right? <laughs> um, 
but, uh, like, people are, like, nice to Steven, and it's nice to see people be nice to the kid. Like, I don't know. Uh, it feels good, I think. Uh, especially, like, when the cookie cat part comes around. Like, the way the gems are just, like, just let him do his little song, and they look, like, happy that he's happy, you know? Like, it, it, it very much, like, quickly establishes, like, okay, this this is, like, an actual, like, this feels like a good little family unit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's it's pretty obvious just from the jump that these these characters genuinely care about each other. You know, they're not, uh, they're not just random people who happen to live together and also just there happens to be a kid banging around like they're they they care about each other right um also i have here i love that Ga- pearl casually breaks that fucking centipedal's neck uh. yeah oh my god <laughs> also like amethyst going we went out and stole them is just like she's she's be gay do crimes embodied isn't she she is yeah um that's the so they'll work on the they work on these but like the they do such a good job of establishing the gems these stock sort of characters like pearl is the overprotective one like amethyst is the slacker uh garnet is like the the strong silent leader type right and then from basically this episode forward, they just begin, they're like, cool, how do we fuck with this forever? <laughs> um, and and seeing them in their, like, pro, like, the proto-first introduction form after, like, having, you know, existed with these characters for seven years, oh my god. Um, oh boy. It takes seven years to release five seasons of a fuck. anyways. <laughs> still mad, it's Cartoon Network. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like it, you know, the, they do a really good job of like establishing these characters up front, but then letting those characters evolve like it, this season more so than the later seasons is much more episodic, but they do a pretty good job of like letting that episodic stuff like carry weight with it and move forward into the rest of the show. Um, there are already, like, little tiny details, um, that are in here, like, uh, that there's, like, a, a glow stick bracelet that's in the freezer, uh, which is why I know that this episode had to come later in fucking production, uh, we'll talk about that when we get to episode two, but, um, like, that little bracelet comes up later on, like, they, they drop a whole lot of details of stuff that's going to eventually come back up. Uh, and characters are the same way. They, they like to drop a whole lot of like, not hints, but like they reward you for paying attention to the show, which is interesting for a kid's show. Cause this is a kid's show and it's aimed at kids without, it doesn't feel, I don't know. Uh, I've never felt that like Steven universe is like a kid's kid's show. You know what I mean? Well, it, it's one of those things where it, it's definitely a kid's show, but it treats its audience the way that it treats Steven by acknowledging that, you know, they are people who may not be fully done baking, but they are people and, you, you know, don't deserve to be talked down to. Right. It's a, it's a kid's show, but it trusts its audience. 
Yeah. Yeah, which which is rarer and rarer. Um, let's see. Uh, Pearl is a weeb, is my note here. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl is the most fucking anime character in this entire goddamn episode. She She's so fucking anime. I, I remember, like, when I first saw, like, her character design and, like, the, the way that, like, rose petals are uh, involved with her talk of Steven, and, and she's... She gives me heavy Utena vibes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I know that Revolutionary Girl Utena is, like, one of Rebecca Sugar's, like, top pieces of media ever. Um, And, I mean, it's real fucking good, so... It's true. Uh, And anime comes up a lot in Steven. Steven Universe... Rebecca Sugar describes Steven Universe as a magical girl anime. Um, I... I would disagree. I would say it's... What if a shonen anime was all about being nice? Because, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like it's a lot, it, it, it's got a lot more of that, like, shonen anime of, like, with the power of friendship will kill God energy. I, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of, like, magical girl stuff that's, like, with the power of friendship will kill God. So, you know, that's I can true. see it either way. I, I feel like plot structure wise has a lot more to like it's the the escalation of villains feels more more like a uh, like a uh, shonen anime, but we'll get there eventually. Like right now, we're still in episodic episodic land. Um, the so, what do you think? So, did you know before like the whole thing like like Stevens uh, like gym weapon was a shield? Like, did you know that before it appeared? Uh, yes, I did, uh, because okay. I have seen, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I saw, uh, a few episodes in season one, including the one that we were talking about before we started recording, uh, which has been burned into my memory ever since. Um, <laughs> Tune in next episode for that one, guys. Oh my whew. God. Oh boy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did know that it was a shield, um, and, you know, it's, if we're talking about this in like shonen anime terms, that is a really interesting thing because you know the shonen protagonist's weapon is usually something cool and badass, and I think it speaks a lot to who Steven is as a person that his weapon is a shield. Um, yeah. Well, his quote-unquote weapon. I mean, you know, Captain America, it's a weapon. Um, he 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 does use it offensively eventually too. Yeah. Um, shield bash is a perfectly reasonable feat to take as a fighter. It's a person perfectly reasonable thing to do in an actual fight. Um, but yeah, I I think it's interesting that they set that up straight from the beginning. Like this, it they it's watching it with the the information that I have. It's obvious that they haven't fully cooked what the full on like they have an ethos for the show, but they haven't fully nailed it down. Um, but. It's obvious from the beginning they're they're trying to set up like this isn't going to be like this is like his weapon is a shield. We're making a statement about the character by doing this and by making this statement. We're also making a statement about how the show is going to progress. Yeah. Um, 
which I think is good. I also have here the music fucking slaps. This yeah. show has such good fucking music just all throughout it. Best soundtrack of any animated show. Uh, Kipo and Age of the Wonder Beasts is a close second, but it, it only loses points because most of its music is licensed. Shit. Uh, and Steven Universe's music is all uh, all done in-house. Uh, it's done by an, an artist pair called Avi and Shirasu. Avi and Shirasu. I may be pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, but they're apparently like a married couple who compose things. And they're they're really good. Uh, I've watched a number of interviews about their ethos for doing the music for the show. And we'll get into it, I think, when we have more when we get into like more music in the show. Uh, probably when we get to Giant Woman, we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I, uh, so also I'd be remiss to say like, I love the cookie cat song. (laughs) It's adorable. It's so cute. It's super cute. It's also the plot of the show. (laughs) Oh my God. How did I fucking miss that? Okay, I guess not the plot of the show, but it's it, it is the story of Rose Quartz and the Crystal Gems. Jesus, and it's hilarious. Just for episode one, they're just like, "Hey, <laughs> oh my god, uh, I am not a clever man." It's okay. Uh, it took a long time for the rest of the world to figure it out once we actually got all the information. So, <sighs> um. So, um, this, speaking of, oh, yeah. speaking of Cookie Cat, I, so I don't know if this was necessarily intentional, but, um, I did kind of, the, the way that the, the actual Cookie Cats themselves kind of got treated, uh, puts me in mind of a Tumblr post because I live terminally online, um, that was talking about, like, how the whole, attitude of I'm gonna save these special things forever is just kind of crummy and you should go ahead and crack open that special bottle of wine or eat off of that special china you know because life's too fucking short um and just you know cause like Steven's it, I think it's like his entire stash or most of his stash gets fucking nuked by the the mama centipedal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was that was kind of interesting and just like you know don't you know the the idea of not being precious about enjoying something special because God only knows when a giant alien monster is going to spray it down with acid yeah exactly and then you've got to throw the remains out of it at that monster to save your moms yeah you know you <laughs> never know when that's gonna happen so eat those yeah. fucking ice cream sandwiches well it's really interesting that you bring up that point and i didn't think about this is like that the fact that steven doesn't think to do that same thing like steven doesn't go to the grocery store to buy more cookie or just you know buy the rest of the cookie cats right for one i don't know if steven understands that the big donut is the only is not we never see a grocery store but we do see the big donut often i'm just gonna say (laughs) um so i don't know where steven gets his food outside of the big donut um but 
like he doesn't think to save those things but the gems do and i think that's really like that is a a, i don't know if it's intentional or not but as the series progresses like their relationship with like the past and holding on to things uh becomes like a very like crucial plot point and i don't know if it was intentional of setting that up or like a a subtle nod to that or if it's just like a coincidence uh who will know i don't think anyone's ever been like so rebecca uh in an interview about cookie cats and their symbolic meaning um um steven steven just when he realizes they're not working just eats all the cookie cats gonna die fucking fat yeah mood oh die fat die happy (laughs) That uh, that brings me uh, to something that I uh, jotted down and will tie back into something that we were talking about beforehand that we were like, wait, we should save this for the pod. Um, oh, yeah. Like, Steven's character design is great. Um, the, all of the character designs are really great. I really appreciate the, uh, the, the diversity of body types because that's not something that you typically see like anywhere on right. an, like in Steven animation like a- or in well specifically uh specifically like uh the female body types that we see um because animating diverse women is too hard according to Pixar and DreamWorks and Disney who can all suck my left toe anyway sorry yeah, exactly like they they from the jump, they're like, for one, like your our main protagonist is like a chubby little boy. He's a chubby little boy. Yeah. Uh, Steven is friend shaped, like which is probably good character design. Immediately you see fr- Steven, you're like, that's my friend. Uh, <laughs> Steven is a friend shape. Um, but like, you know, Amethyst uh, is like, like she a thick girl. And then uh also, Garnet is is thick with two C's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a note here. I need to read when we get to uh, when we get to the Sea Spire episode uh, about Garnet. Um, don't let me forget the. But you know, you're right. The, the character design in the show is everybody looks like a a real fucking person. Uh, even the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> um. And. It's good. Like, it's one thing I, I just don't think about because, like, like there are other animated shows that I like um, that don't do this as well. Like, Adventure Time has not got a good track record for this, though Adventure Time is a lot more stylized than Steven Universe is. Though they could do something. Like, they, they could easily, like, you know, it, it does say something that, like, their two main female leads are, you know, Bubblegum and Marceline, and they're really... Th- like they're just like real thin ladies, right? Yeah. Um, and then you see the same thing in like um, I'm trying to compare it to like contemporaries, uh, not like the stuff before, but or, or or like I guess like a show you prop up is like the Avatar: The Last Airbender stuff, like all of those, like all of their characters kind of fit a, a certain type of body type. Yeah. Um, which is you know uh, I guess a thing. I'm trying to think of, like, less... Because, like, Steven Universe falls kind of in the middle between, like, highly stylized, like, Adventure Time or Gravity Falls uh, and, like, a more... Not realistic, but, like, more anime sort of vibe, like Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, So it's kind of hard to compare it 
to other things because obviously it's got a vibe, but it's it's not necessarily as hard of a stylized vibe as uh, as some other things. Yeah, and I think this is that's really gonna be like the only comment that I have on uh, the animation uh, itself, unless there's like some really interesting. Uh, background set pieces and stuff just because like I know that Steven Universe has gotten slammed for like characters being notoriously not on model like Steven and Peridot I know have been <laughs> called out for that <laughs> yeah um but Peridot gate yeah uh bigger Peridot theory um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in talking uh, about it on that I don't know why particular... that's so hard. I'm sorry, Hawkins. It's okay. Bigger paradox. Uh, like, I'm, I'm like the audience of one you needed for that joke. <laughs> uh, anyways, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm not interested in talking about it visually like that just because, yeah. um, you know, I've followed several people in the animation industry. And one of the things that that typically indicates is like um, that usually indicates that like storyboarders uh, have a lot of creative influence on episodes. So that's, a, that's an interesting point that you bring out because like in the Wikipedia article, I didn't read it, but apparently the way they – it's a storyboard driven show. So like they do the storyboards and then the people who make the storyboards also like are responsible for writing dialogue and creating action. Like it's entirely birthed out of the storyboarding storyboarding process. Yeah. Um, I think that was actually something that um, I gleaned from, Oh God, what's her name? She does slash did manly guys doing manly things. Uh, Kelly Turnbull. Uh, for what it's worth, she's really worth following on Twitter. And if you haven't read Manly Guys Doing Manly Things, please do. It's hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just uh, she had this huge thread about uh about that because that was something that she kept seeing that irked her because she herself is a storyboard artist. Mm -hmm. Um, and so. From that respect, I'm not interested in talking about, like, the the visuals or the animation. Um, but I know that you had something to say about the animation in the, <laughs> the, the first few minutes of the episode, so. Yeah. Um, not in this episode, but in episode two. Oh, that's uh, right. Let's go ahead and move on to episode two before we get, like, too deep in the weeds here. Um, I feel like we're already deep in the weeds. Welcome to the weeds. This is the show where we're going to be in the, the the weeds a lot. Yeah. Um, so the official synopsis of episode two, Laser Light Cannon. Uh, I almost read the wrong thing. Okay. A magical comet hurdle. Imagine it's not a comet. It's a pretty. Anyways, a magical <laughs> comet heads hurdles towards beach city, beach shit, <laughs> bitch city. Um, <laughs> And Steven must dig through his father's collection of old junk and the past to find a weapon that can save the town. Um, basically, uh, Steven and Amethyst are out getting the bits, uh, which are uh, the, the fry bits from the bottom of the fryer. Y you know what? Um, those, especially, like, if you can get those, if if a Long John Silvers exists in your area, the oh, yeah. bits Long, at Long John Silvers, holy fucking shit. Bits. So Hands good. Hands down the best bits. 
Um, also probably the only place you can get the bits on the menu. Yeah. Um, they know. <laughs> no one wants their shit fish. They just want the bits. I um, like their shit fish. <laughs> Hot takes coming for, coming at you about fish. Yeah. Um, they notice a, a giant red orb in the sky. They rush to Garnet and Pearl, who are like, it's a red eye. Uh, it's some sort of alien... Um, threat to the town. Uh, they cannot defeat it. They need the laser light cannon, uh, a special weapon that Steven's mother, Rose Quartz, had. Um, they're like, it's lost. And Steven's like, well, my dad might have it. And uh, they're like, ooh, your dad, Steven. Ooh. Well, specific- uh- <laughs> specifically, Amethyst is like, your dad is a mess. And I was sitting there thinking, damn, mood. <laughs> we are all Greg Universe in the year of our Lord 2020. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, we could only hope to be Greg Universe, frankly. The, uh, so yeah, um, Steven runs off to Greg. We find Greg, who lives in his van outside of the, the car wash that he owns. He owns that car wash. Thank you very much. Um, small business owner. Helps the local economy or whatever. (laughs) Um, I don't understand how money works since the year, the world of Steven Universe. Um... So they go to his storage unit to try and find the to find the laser light cannon. Uh, Greg tells a pretty, a frankly heartwarming scene where Greg talks about the first time that he met Rose. Um, Stephen finds the laser light cannon. Uh, we listen to one of Greg's old CDs. Uh, we go to the beach. We can't activate the laser light cannon, uh, but Stephen gives the laser light cannon up a pep talk and then repeats a phrase that his dad had been saying the whole episode. If every pork chop was perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. Um, and then, uh, the cannon activates. Um, there is the, uh, if you didn't think that these artists were into anime before you will, uh, after that scene, Oh Jesus. <laughs> um, we'll talk about it. Uh, and the red eye is destroyed. Um, everybody has a good laugh. Uh, the end. So what'd you think about episode two? So, um, I had a note here, um, cause while, uh, while Steven is in his dad's storage unit, which by the way, like Greg gives off some serious hoarder vibes from that storage unit. Um, so it's just like, is is Greg okay? Um, but he said, we were always together until she gave up her physical form to bring you into the world. Like, that is not a really appropriate thing to saddle your kid with. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Steven Universe. <laughs> that, that, that sure is a lot to put on your kid's shoulders, huh? We'll get into this. Uh, that becomes kind of a crux of the uh, of the show writ large is like Stephen dealing with the legacy of his mother. Yeah, um, it's probably one of the biggest plot points. I mean, it is hands down. Rose Quartz casts a big, big, big shadow over the show. Um, I actually had a kind of a, I had a note about that. Uh, it in the quick scene where they mention Rose Quartz. Like, one thing I've always loved about Steven Universe is the little animation details that they give to people to, like, let you know what their actual emotions on the thing are. Like, you you can tell 
that these people miss Rose, there, there's like a flash of, of like kind of like a longing look from Pearl. Uh, everyone seems bummed when talking about Rose, right? Um, and they kind of establish that like, okay, so like it's obviously, obviously you know, we get to Greg, okay, well, she's gone. She's basically dead. Um, you know, this is kind of a story of like a mother who died in childbirth, you know? Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's very, very interesting, but you're right. It is a lot to fucking saddle a kid with like your mom gave up her physical form for you, Steven. Um, and lion to direct a video. We get into a little bit more of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it, you are correct. It is a lot and it will continue to be a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think it was also around that time or maybe it was while they were in the van um, driving over with the laser light cannon. Uh, but uh, Greg said, I never understood what she saw in me. Um, and I'm kind of interested to see where this goes because like the hot wife schlubby husband trope is really frustrating. Oh, oh, uh, Greg was not schlubby back in the day. It's really fun to see young Greg. Okay. Um, okay. Because, uh, like, so, so the kind of the I don't know if they had worked this out by na- by then, uh, but the timeline is like, uh, um, so the gems have been around for a long time. Yeah, I knew um, that. They, yeah, they, uh, and Greg probably, it's kind of hard to nail down when Greg met Rose, but it was probably like the early nineties, and Stephen is only eleven. So he was with uh, he was with Rose for a long time. So he met uh, Rose when he was like in his mid twenties. Okay. Okay. Um. So Greg Greg was full on rock star mode when he when he met Rose, and it's it's like it, it is a pretty it's pretty fun. Uh, when we get to start seeing like flashbacks between Greg and Rose, it's it's really good. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh. In that case, uh. In that case, I retract. I retract that note. Um, also, have you seen Rose outside of the picture that's like on the wall in the the building? Um, I guess you've seen art of her, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. I have some so. friends who've done like cosplay and stuff. So like, you know, again, as as a side effect of being terminally online, I do know what Rose looks like, and I also know she's a war criminal. Yeah, well, you know, who's not anymore, right? Yeah. Um, all of our favorite characters are war criminals. Big Boss, Rose. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> definitely Ocelot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you came to the Steven Universe podcast wanting to talk about Metal Gear Solid. Because uh, <laughs> we're in that hell space right now. Um, I guess you should probably plug our Twitch. Anyways, <laughs> um, so you had brought up uh, not commenting on the art. I'm going to comment two things on the art. I'm going to start positive and then egg- end negative. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the backgrounds on this show. Th- this show has some of the best fucking background art b- ever. Like Beach City is always like solid, like fucking lo-fi jams to study to like backgrounds. And it's so good. Yeah. Like the background art is so good in this show. Um, I love it. Uh, and also what the fuck happens to the, like there's off, like 
there's like Peridot not being the same height as Steven and then like the hard left turn of animation styles from episode one to episode two. Well, again, that goes back to that goes back to the creative control that the individual boarders had over the episodes that they were working on. Um, that's true. I didn't realize that's that that was indig like you brought that when you said that that was I didn't realize that's that that was a thing. So like I feel less weird about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I feel like again I feel like episode one was made later in production mm-hmm. than episode two and three. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like they had nailed down the house style yet. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. I don't care we get some of the best like weird like pearl memes come like the old the best pearl memes all come from like these first three episodes uh because <laughs> pearl makes so many weird faces yeah um which i mean is is also interesting because you know going back to you know the the diversity of uh female body types like mm-hmm. in a lot of uh in a lot of instances in Western animation, at least, uh, you know, female characters don't typically get to be as expressive as the male characters. So, I mean, Garnet aside, because she's Garnet, like, mm-hmm. you know, just the wacky facial expressions we see, even though they're like super exaggerated and maybe some weird stylistic choices, it is still interesting that that gets to happen. Right. It does. It feels that part, like, the, the the rapid shifts feel very anime. Yeah. Like, that feels like some 90s anime shit, because that would happen constantly in 90s anime. Oh, yeah. And, like, 90s anime is where Steven Universe fucking lives. Yeah. Like, again, coming back to background art, two shows with the best background art, Steven Universe, Sailor Moon. Like, <laughs> like you can pull, pull, like, stills from their background art and then make it the, like, every scene has a still you can pull and make that background art your fucking desktop wallpaper yeah um the uh so before we get to like kind of the the end of the episode listening to your old music uh with young kids is exactly that fucking awkward uh i need to tell this story so i used to be in bands um and uh uh, Shannon's son uh had begun playing guitar and we we're like driving in the car and everything and uh, like Shannon's my girl. She's from our other show. I'm dating her. We're in a relationship. Uh, that I feel. I don't know why I need that back. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I just feel like I need to explain who Shannon is to yeah. people who are watching this show but not coming from one of our many many other shows. And also explain um, the provenance of Daniel, so that way people know that you're not just randomly driving around kids in cars. It's true. I'm definitely not doing that. Um. Anyways, he just started playing guitar, and I was like, oh, I used to play guitar. He's like, oh, cool. I'm like, I used to be in bands. He's like, oh, neat. And so I was, like, real excited to, like, show him, like, a YouTube video of, like, my old band, right? Because, like, we were pretty – I always felt we were pretty fucking cool, right? And then he watched, and he's like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. Crushed me. <laughs> like the weight of the sun. <laughs> fucking get wrecked. I got destroyed by this child. <laughs> Nobody can um, destroy millennials like Zoomers can. This, he's younger than a Zoomer. Whatever the fuck comes after Zoomer, that's what Daniel is. Um, and he he destroyed me, reduced me to just like fucking atoms. <laughs> um, 
which is fair. I th- that video was like almost as old as him, so fuck it. Wow. Um, probably that's probably not true, but you know he. Anyways, um, so as we move into like the end of the episode, the palette shift is so good. Mm. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. So good looking. Ava Evangelion has arrived in Steven Universe. Whew. Because uh, that it gives me like mad Evangelion, like the fucking angels are attacking vibes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how sweet Steve. Steven's such a sweet boy. He gives the the cannon a pep talk. It's like you can do it, cannon. <laughs> you can't just be useless. <laughs> uh, also, so just good. Garnet yeeting Amethyst is <laughs> is so good. It's so good. I. I really, like, I enjoy that relationship dynamic. Just, you know, Garnet appears to be the sensible one, but she's, she she can't be the sensible one because she's the one who's, like, throwing her comrade into a glowing death orb. Right, and, like, that joke is so stupid and funny as shit. Like, I chuckled every time in the background Amethyst would hit the eye. It's so good! It's- yeah, it's just like like a low key joke. Like, um, we'll get into it in kind of like in episode three, where I feel like some of the comedy that is indicative of where the comedy is coming out of, like a relationship, um, and it's <clears throat> like it, it's funny because it's, it's a pretty basic joke, but it also like helps inform the characters and their relationships. Uh, like it tells you things about the characters. Uh, just by their actions, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like again, character Steven Universe is a show that I really love for like it's got great storytelling, but it not like it has some of the best, most nuanced, like character driven animation that I've seen like up until very recently. Um, I hadn't hadn't seen in other shows. Um, maybe we'll do a back we'll do a back channel eventually of like Shira, <laughs> but. Uh, because uh, I'm also coming off of that. But yeah, that palette shift is, mm, mm, looks so fucking good. Yeah, it's, um, this show is, is so, like, the colors are very lush in this show. Mm-hmm. And the animation, you, sometimes it's easy to see where the budget for the fucking episode goes to. Shit. Um, because the budget to this episode went to the last third of this episode. Yeah. I feel like. Um, but if they spent that money well, oh yeah, I can't blame them. <laughs> oh yeah, because it, it's so good. Um, bro, like the just fucking magical girl Power Rangers attack of from Rose's cannon. Oh my god, yeah, the way the the beam turned into roses that twined around each other, which I just realized, you know, um, the the rose theme for Rose rose quartz but also pearl is surrounded by rose petals it's like man that they were not subtle about the fact that pearl uh is slash was in love with rose quartz huh i mean it she wasn't just in i guess it's ambiguous i don't feel like it's ever (laughs) ambiguous in the show like she wasn't just in love with rose they were in a relationship i think rebecca has talked about it uh before in interviews but like they were together uh so 
I guess until Greg came along, it's weird how their their relationship was not uh, one of monogamy uh, because they're they're millennia old uh, space monsters, you know. So yeah, <laughs> but like so, <clears throat> people talk about like Rose reciprocating her 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 feelings, and we'll get into that as the show goes on. Yeah. Uh, but it, it I, I never felt that it was ever like one-sided. Was it complicated? Very much so. Uh, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know enough to, to really draw yeah. my own conclusions. I just know that Pearl, uh, Pearl was in love with Rose. That is definitely, that is a true statement. And yes, <laughs> uh, there is no ambiguity there. Um, so yeah, that is episode two. So I, let's get a no, little No, hmm? I'm not done here. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. All right. Fine. Sorry. I I just <laughs> wanted to to say that it is fun and refreshing to see actual collateral damage from this magical girl ass bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you saved most of Beach City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much is insurance in Beach City? Is there just like a crystal gem writer that you have to you have to get whenever you live there? Like. That is so the weird alternate history that is the world of Steven Universe is so interesting. And I would love a book about the differences because, like, everybody knows the gems are there. And I don't know if they're a they know that they're aliens. They know they're weird. And then, like, monsters attack all the time. But no one seems to give a dusty fuck. And, like, we'll go to locations that are theoretically on Earth or not theoretically that are on Earth uh, and are so big that humans have to know about them. Um, and it's, it, it gets wild and I don't understand, but probably, probably yes, I guess it, it's probably very expensive to live in beach city. Even aside from the fact that it's beachfront property, but yeah, I just, mm -hmm. I just thought that was fun. It was, yeah, I thought it was worth calling out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so moving on to episode three, cheeseburger backpack. Um, Little bit is excited about cheeseburger backpack. Oh, is, is he? Yeah, he's showing up on my waveform, even though Discord doesn't seem to give a flying fuck about what he has to say. <laughs> uh, I'll leave it in. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I'll amplify it. In fact, I'll set, <laughs> I'll isolate him and give him his own track. Um, <clears throat> the official synopsis here: A mission to the lunar sea spire takes a treacherous turn. Uh, but Steven has packed his totally amazing cheeseburger backpack with anything they could ever need. Uh, so the episode starts out with Jamie, the postman, delivering Steven a package. So uh, again, oh, go on, sorry. So in the year of our Lord 2020, Steven in that scene is expressing the eternal pandemic online retail therapy mood. God, yes. Um, except I would never be this close to my postman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, again, we come back another to editorialize a little bit. Again, we come back to, to adults being so nice to Steven. Yeah. Um, Jamie is playing with him in like a nice way where he, it's like obvious that like people are like, oh yeah, this kid, this weird kid. Um, we must protect him. He's friend shaped. Yeah. Look at him. Um, so, uh, Jamie arrives and gives Steven a wacky sax supply company box, uh, the light goes on inside of the, of the temple. Steven runs in to find the gems there. Um, Amethyst is trying to put a big egg in the fridge. She maybe succeeds. Um, 
and uh, Pearl informs Stephen that they must, uh, they're only here for a moment, they must head back out to the Lunar Sea Spire, where they must put the Moon Goddess statue um, into into it to save it. Uh, they're gay. If you didn't know, <laughs> um, we've got to we've got to save the Moon Goddess statue. <laughs> so, uh, at this point, um, because of the internet, I know that the gems, like as a whole, not the crystal gems, but the gems as a whole, uh, were a colonizing force. Um, and Pearl says that it was an oasis for gems on Earth. Is this something that we ever go back to as for, like, what that really means and as far as, like, this temple is concerned? Like, Not the Lunar Sea Spire because it is, you know, well, uh, I mean, spoiler. I mean, yes, you know, it's, yes. Yeah. Uh, but we, we do come across other gem... There are other location gym locations that come up as the series goes on, um, and we do talk about like the gyms aren't just a colonizing force. the The cost of that colonization of the of the gym empire um, does plays a significant plot point. Uh, it get I feel like it shifts a little bit as the show goes on. Um, like we don't talk about the lunar sea spire being an oasis later, um, or what that means, but we do talk about like the cost of the like of this colonization mm-hmm. uh, on the planet and the people um, does come up and becomes like a major plot point. Yeah, and and like I I do also find it, you know, this I don't know this episode almost doesn't age well uh in yeah. today's climate gonna... with the the fa- the fact that like knowing that the gems aren't great having an episode about trying to save like this this structure that the gems have left on earth uh for for like its historical value just is super sour right now that's very true. I did not really put it into that context. Um, it this it becomes like less important later on, like or as Pearl evolves. But like Pearl trying to like cling on to the past does become a plot point. Like Pearl trying to like hang on to that, like kind of like her gym heritage, as it were. Yeah. Um, and bad bad use of language. Oh, frankly. oh god, um, like. I, I don't know, like, I mean, okay, I don't want to say nobody could have predicted what, what's happening right now because, like, lots of fucking people predicted what's happening right now and people chose, other people chose not to listen to them. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, this, especially, like, Pearl says, uh, roundabouts there, you know, this place is your heritage. And it's just, like, again, that's not something that really ages well. Uh, the the one thing I would say is that in the broader context of the show, Stephen does have to gr- come to grips with that heritage, with that legacy of being part of a colonizing force, of being part of this destructive, uh, this destructive thing, and what his place in that was, and was parents like his mother's place in it and the the gym's place in it Mm -hmm. um 
Amethyst is a little bit different. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, but, like, Pearl also has to come to grips with these things. Because part of what Pearl is hanging on to here is, like, she honestly does not... I don't think she cares so much about Stephen learning about his heritage or his history. Though I guess, like, learning about the weird alien half of you is probably somewhat important. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I think what Pearl, like what we kind of find out, like is Pearl, Pearl hanging on to the past is is part of the coping mechanisms that she's she's developing to deal with the loss of Rose Quartz mm-hmm. and a lot of the bad behavior. It's interesting to see a lot of the behaviors of the gems uh, that are like rote character, uh, like stock character traits are do eventually you kind of kind of come find out oh they've settled into these roles as like a coping mechanism to get through the day mm-hmm. uh, of dealing with this loss of this person who was important to them you know so so it, it does the these concepts do get examined and put out there uh now whether i you know you find those satisfactory we don't know we'll have to get there but yeah. but uh they do touch on it uh for context to the listener who, who doesn't know us we're two southern people yeah <laughs> uh in the year of our lord 2020 uh literally my town is currently trying to um trying to change the mascot of a fucking high school whose mascot is the rebels uh yeah which is bullshit i'll go on that rant eventually about how uh i'm from east fucking tennessee and we didn't even want to join the fucking confederacy (laughs) motherfuckers in kate's cove like 20 minutes away from my house jumped confederate platoons uh we almost broke off into our own state and i fucking wish we had um people in appalachia did not want to fight this fucking war (laughs) anyways there was a fucking abolitionist town our college was an abolite anyways. There's there's so much of Southern culture that is dependent upon a fuck the police attitude, and yet we're sitting here with with fucking thin blue line flags everywhere. What the fuck, people? Right? Especially up here in the fucking mountains. Like people mad that like fucking like that fucking blue lives matter car in the fucking NASCAR. Motherfucker, that whole goddamn sport was invented because we were outrunning the goddamn cops. Like, fuck cops. Yeah. Uh, defund the police. Get rid of that fucking rebel flag. Drink moonshine. Shoot guns. Live your fucking life. <laughs> like, just, just don't shoot guns at minorities. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Like, it, like shoot guns in a, in a recreational sense. Yeah, because um, uh, I live in the metro Atlanta area, and boy howdy are people shooting guns who don't need to be shooting guns. That's that's a that's fucking for sure. Um. Anyways, this cartoon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, where were we? Uh, we got lost in the episode uh, description. They go to the spire. Steven's backpack becomes very useful. He has all kinds of int- like he has all kinds of good uh, solutions to problems. Um, except they get to the top. Uh, in the uh, exuberance of packing his backpack. Uh, he left the moon goddess statue back at the house. Uh, they use Mr. Queasy, the little doll that he has, to try as a replacement. It does not work, but everything's okay in the end. Yeah. Um, um, I would like to say, of these three episodes this week, I feel like this was the weakest. I, 
I, it wasn't bad. I'm not saying it was a bad episode. No, I mean, but it, I feel like it doesn't. It, it doesn't hit quite as hard as the other ones. Like what I was talking about with the comic. So at the beginning, where we're so I have a note here. Uh, when Pearl like talks to Stephen about being serious, I like the dialogue that Pearl says to him because it feels like an actual parent talking to an actual child mm-hmm. of of trying to calm yourself down from being really excited from a thing, so you're not like. You're not yelling at your kid, but you're trying to get through to them the importance of the situation. And then the weird joke that came after that fell as flat as fuck to me. I don't know. Steven, like, does the thumbs up thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's there's some interesting stuff here, you know, just even aside from like how weird the themes of this episode are in today's climate. Um, I thought that it was really interesting and telling um, the way that Pearl is so fucking gung-ho about this mission and Garnet and Amethyst don't really seem to give a shit. They're just doing it. It seems like they're just along for the ride because this is Pearl's thing. Right. Um, like, Pearl seems very concerned about the condition of this place. Yeah. Um, Garvin and Amethyst are like, eh, whatever. Yeah, and, and it was really good for, like, examining the relationship that the gems have with Steven because uh, of the way that they allow him to have some agency, but it's more realistic than, like, uh, you see in other cartoons with uh, with child protagonists um, because it's like, you know, they, they want to encourage him to have ideas and come up with solutions. Um, and I don't know. I thought, I thought that there was a lot of good character stuff in this episode. It's true. It's true. I just, it, uh, I guess I did take a lot of notes on it, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Um, I wrote here, first note for this episode, the lore is here, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like this is, I, though, to be perfectly honest, the last episode was, also had some good lore, that that was more in reference to, like, um, to Rose. And also, the fact that we never, they don't, like, it, the, the red eye feels like something from an invading, like, it feels like a real weapon that somebody sent, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But they don't really comment on where it came from, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Uh, that I had a note written down. I didn't fucking say anything. Um, the I guess like I had uh, my note here is this feels like it's more of the actual first episode than Jim Glow was. Yeah, I can see uh, that. The because. Here it's like, um, so like the character, I like the character interactions, but there's the comedy, the way that the comedy and the jokes work in this don't feel the same as they did in Jim Glow and, um, Laser Light Cannon. Like here is where I feel like the most of that residual Adventure Time DNA was living. Mm. Yeah, uh, I can see that. You know, there's like non sequitur humor that just doesn't non sequitur humor is just like not the way Steven Universe deals with things. Um, 
But I, again, I don't think I think it was the weakest of these three episodes, but I didn't think it was bad by any any uh, stretch. Mm. Um, I did like that they low key kind of like let let everyone's powers shine. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pearl with her holograms, Garnet's real strong, Amethyst with the whip and stuff like that. Um, that was good. I, I like what you're saying. Like they were letting Steven have agency. Um, cause like th- there's no doubt in my mind, the gyms could have done this. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like they would have done this just fine. Um, but like when they figure out that like Steven's solutions are working, they encourage him, they like, they get him to do stuff. And then when it fails, they don't, they don't harp or make like, they, yeah. at no point do they ever tear Steven down. Like when the raft just kind of falls over the, the edge, which I, I've did think was that hilarious. was that was <laughs> fucking hilarious <laughs> um but they they don't harp on it they're like okay it's whatever man like shit doesn't pan out every time um yeah at that point i have my very important garnet um my very important garnet note when garnet like casually does that sick ass like anime knock down that pillar thing um I wrote, in regards to Garnet, to quote Noelle Stevens, Wife City. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually made a note uh, on that section that was just hard eyes. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page here. Uh, uh, but yeah, going back apparently, to... Apparently, Noelle Stevens had like written on a board at the She-Ra facility, Wife City. Like, <laughs> nice. Was, was, was there like one of their overarching... Uh, principles there but um yeah going going back to that that point about how they don't they don't tear steven down i did think that was also really good like the the way that it emphasizes like the gems and steven have a loving relationship and even pearl who was so gung-ho about this still like didn't express anger at Steven or try to to punish him uh or anything like that right and like the the gems eventually get serious like there are points in time where the gems are very when the gems overreact and don't treat Steven great mm-hmm. um as we evolve these characters but that's also it feel like again it feels like a real family like, this was a low-stakes situation, even for the gyms who, like, even for Pearl who cared about this, right? Mm-hmm. This is a low-stakes situation. This is just something that she kind of wanted to keep around, but it was already in bad condition when show, when she showed up, you know? Uh, so, like, it wasn't, there, there was no reason in her mind to, like, harp on this for Steven. He tried really hard, mistakes happen, you know? Um, and, like you said, it, it feels good for them to be, like, still encouraging Steven, like, you did, listen, kid, you did good, um, like, who knows if that would have even worked, you know, um, so that, that was really nice, um, I do kind of wish that when the packing scene was happening earlier in the show, they had foreshadowed that Steven had left the statue behind a little bit more, or at all, yeah. Like, maybe there was just a – like, it was on the bed as he moved out of the bedroom or something like that. And, like, not noticeable, not like – the camera doesn't pull to it, but, like, if you were paying attention, it was there, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, that's just, like, a nitpick, really. 
Uh, I don't think it's necessary for the episode to be better or anything like that. Uh, pour one out for Mr. Queasy. Rip. Uh, who, frankly, that, that doll is hilarious. <laughs> that is a joke that I think is fucking hilarious. Oh, God, yes. It's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think at one point in time I had to te- my text message like ringtone was like oh don't shake me kid like, <laughs> <laughs> um Mr. Queasy is us all yeah okay um but yeah uh I don't have any more notes on episode three uh do you uh, nope. That was, okay. uh, all I had. Well, what'd you think about your first three, three content, cons- like, uh, contiguous episodes of Steven Universe? Um, I had definitely seen Laser Light Cannon before, mm-hmm. um, because I remember the Gimme the Bits line, um, but I don't know. I feel like this is a really strong start for, uh, for the, the series, um, I agree with you that like episode three would have been a shit, uh, a shit first episode because of the way that it was structured. Um, right. It wasn't as it in does, your it face. It does feel like it was, if it wasn't, I don't know if it was the first episode planned, but it feels like it's one of the earliest episodes in production. Yeah. 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 It just um, wasn't as in your face about like the characterization and you don't really get a good feel for like the setting of Beach City. So... Right. And it's going to come up, uh, I, I guess, like right now, if you're a person out there in the Steven Universe fandom who who doesn't like the like the interstitial episodes or like the towny episodes, uh, fuck off. I love the towny episodes. I love every denizen of Beach City. Uh, I th- there to me, there are no fucking filler episodes of this show. Uh, I do have like if I'm trying to get somebody onboarded to the series, like what episodes you can skip in season one and not miss a whole lot. Uh, but that's not because I think those episodes are bad. It's just like there's 52 fucking episodes in this or 49. There's a lot of episodes in this first season. Uh, and sometimes y- you got to you got to it, it's a lot to get through if you're not doing a podcast on it. You Shit. know, um, to that note, one thing I want to say, uh, like uh, kind of overall impressions about Steven Universe for a show that's like 11 minutes long, it never feels it like they pack a lot of information, and a lot of stuff into 11 minutes without it feeling frenetic. Like it's dense, but not like not like uh like beat after beat after beat with like no breathing room. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that comes through to you. No, it definitely does. Um, I actually uh, was kind of thinking about, um, uh, I think it was an interview with uh, Miyazaki at one point uh, where he talked about how like with with animation, uh, sometimes you need to just have a moment to to have some some quiet. Um, and I mean, we already know that there's just like a whole bunch of fucking anime influence. Uh, in Steven Universe, and I feel like uh, they've definitely worked a couple of moments like that into the episodes. Yeah, and it, it's nice to see, like, because they, they they pack they pack in character interactions and a lot of dialogue, and 
the episodes feel informationally dense without being like exhausting uh because it they obviously understand that you need time to breathe to really take in like these characters and who these people are mm-hmm. um and it, it's so weird that to me that's always that it's you know it's always been an 11 minute form factor show um and it just does it does so much with its time uh without like it, it feel it fills every crack without like overwhelming you as a viewer, which is is really really nice. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So so next time, so two weeks from now, when you're hearing this, dear viewer, we will be watching the next three episodes of Steven Universe, which will be Together Breakfast, Frybo, and Catfingers, <laughs> two of the most fucking disturbing episodes of this show and maybe western animation in fucking general um there's a lot of weird horror shit in this first season of steven universe i don't know why so like Uh, as as a known body horror liker cat fingers horrified me that that is that episode is fucked um when we another episode that is fucked episode 13 so many birthdays that will scar us as well i'm just giving you a warning oh boy um so so yeah so those will be the episodes that we'll be reviewing um so follow us on twitter if you want to keep up with us um it's at standing stones um uh august and i if you like this but you want to hear it about metal gear solid um hit august and i up currently we're playing through metal gear solid 5 it's the last of the metal gear solid games we've played through all of them except for peace walker and 4 uh because i couldn't get the emulator working for peace walker and uh i hate metal gear solid 4 um so we'll soon be moving on to bioshock uh but you can check that out on our twitch it's a uh just basically go to the Standing Stones uh, Twitch page. That's probably the better option. I think we're going to be migrating over to there. We haven't made a full decision on that, but uh, probably the better of the two ideas. Um, but yeah, check us out uh, at Gay Space Pod on Twitter. Uh, check out Standing Stones, our podcasting guild that we're a part of. Uh, we're at Standing Stones. Uh, if you want to hear more of us, we have other podcasts. I'm on the room where it's hap- room where it happens. Uh, August, you want to talk about uh, FTL cast? Yeah. Um, for all that I was joking about rolling dice, I'm on Follow the Leader, where we play uh, GMless tabletop games, which generally don't involve dice. So, you know, if you're interested in an actual play that doesn't involve dice so much, <laughs> uh, hit us up out right now. Well, I mean, you know, it's not like we aren't both on another actual play that does it's involve true. I was, dice. I was going to pitch that one after you got done. <laughs> Where, wherein you generally roll really fucking well, by the way. So good, Dante rolls hot, baby. Oh my um, god. But yeah, FTL cast, real good show, great characters. Uh, we're both on uh, another podcast. We're, we do too many podcasts. Uh it's called Dumb Kids Playing Hero. It's an Animorphs-inspired actual play. Uh, things are starting to pick up, I feel like, if technical mm-hmm. difficulties will not uh, 
will will stop plaguing us every recording session. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Tune back in two weeks from now, uh, where we'll be talking about more Steven Universe. If there's more, if there's stuff you want us to talk about, there's no Steven Universe news anymore, which is one of the things I kind of like about this. <laughs> is that it's a it's a finished thing, so I don't have to talk about it. We um, we we aren't going to to pull a shrieking shack and and plumb the depths of the Steven Universe Reddit. I could. I haven't been on the Steven Universe right in a hot minute. I still have. Mm, we might we might get in there. Who knows? <laughs> um, if you're on the Steven Universe Reddit and you want us to dive back in, give us a shout. She's out. Um, the. But yeah, that's that's it. I, I was um, contemplating maybe. I didn't know. I was like, oh, are we going to be able to fill up enough time to to maybe we'll need a backup show eventually? Looking at the hour and a half we've been recording, uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Weird well, that August and I are just verbose about media. Yeah. Um, who would have thought? Um, We're queer and we have capital O opinions. We certainly fucking do. Uh, so, yeah. Um, tune back in. Uh, stick with us. This should be a fun ride. Uh, stay safe. Uh, fuck capitalism. Go home. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it, because if you hadn't, I would have. All right. Peace, y'all. <laughs>